somebody ready to pick a fight with the devil? <laughs> Come on now. Oh, he's going to get it today. Oh, he's going to get it today. You know, we are in a spiritual battle. You know, uh, it's nice to sit back and relax and be like, all right, we, we're just going to come to church and we're going to sing some nice songs and we're going to uh, see some nice people and we're going to uh, drink some nice coffee. And, uh, but, uh, but I didn't come here for that. I come here to pick a fight with the devil. I come here to take a big swing, amen? Not because I like having fights, not because I like having drama, but because I am fed up and tired of his schemes and his works and his plans and his destruction and his mutilation and his abuse in this city, in our city, in our cities, come on, not just in Des Moines, but in Owine, come on now. He, he, he's running a mess up there but we're gonna take a big swing. Oh, he's running a mess in Audubon, but we're gonna take a big swing, amen. We don't love to fight, but I tell you what, we won't back down when the devil takes a swing. We will swing back, amen. With the power of his word, the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't need to be afraid, church. Come on, it's time for the church to stop being afraid. What are you scared of? We have the word of God and the Holy Spirit, amen. We can take Audubon, we can take Des Moines, we can take Allwine, we can take Iowa, come on now. I see him taking ground. I see him pressing on. I see him press ahead, amen. Come on now. Someone give him some praise, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I came today to fight and I got a word from God and it's a word that might bring me some more fights that I may not necessarily want. I've got enough. There's enough going on. But God gave me a word and so we're going to have a fight because I love my cities. I love my state enough to take a few hits. Amen. And I love you enough to be, able to, to be willing to stand up and take a couple of hits and share the truth with you. I love you. And I want to see you come to church and actually be equipped and empowered. I, 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 I'm not here for you to leave going, I felt great. I want you to leave and say, oh, I feel good because I have been equipped and because I have been empowered to take the fight back to the enemy. Come on now. I'm going to take ground in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on now. I'm going to press on in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, if you're new to Eternity Church, I want to say welcome. You picked a good Sunday to come to church. My name is Jesse. I'm the lead pastor here at Eternity Church. I'm so glad that you're here. We've got a gift for you. Every new person gets two gifts today, let me explain. Every new person gets to leave with a gift, all right? So you go out there, we got our connection lounge, big yellow sign out by the doors. Would you go and get your free gift after church? We wanna give you a T-shirt, it's a I Got Bold at Eternity. Um, and uh, that, that, that shirt's not gonna be around for a whole lot longer, so you might wanna grab that now, all right? And so go out and get that. Um, and uh, it's just our way of saying thanks for coming to Eternity today. Uh, but also, you may have heard 
that every single person in church today gets to leave with a new t-shirt, all right? <clears throat> and so we are, it's love month and we love you. And we just wanted to bless you with a shirt today. Um, uh, there's two options, anyone wearing the other one? Come on over here, my friend. Move the hair out of the way. There we go. We got these Be Holy shirts out there. And, and we have also got these Be Holy shirts out there. Uh, do what makes you happy. No, just kidding. Do what makes you holy, right? And so, <clears throat> so both of those shirts are available. Um, well, actually, you don't get to choose. It's a sealed bag, and we sealed the bag on purpose because we cannot be bothered figuring out how many of each we need to get, all right? And so you get your size, and then that's the one you get, and uh, it's this one or that one. I like them both, all right? I couldn't wear that one today because up on stage, I didn't want you to see big sweat pits under my arms, so, you know, so just keeping it real, you know? But, um, but anyway, but I do like that one a lot. It's a good shirt, so. But uh, anyway, so everyone gets one of those. We just want you to remind the world and remind every believer that you meet that we're called to be holy. Amen? Amen. So... Um, I'm going to read our scripture today. I'm reading from Romans 1, 16 to 32. But I'm only going to read the first two verses before we pray and you take your seats. I want to let you know before we get started that, um, that um, you ain't going to need espresso to get through this sermon. All right. Um, not because it's funny, but because it's going to be wild today. All right. Um, you don't need espresso. You don't need Red Bull. You don't need C4 or whatever that garbage is that Rob drinks. You don't need that. <clears throat> and if you're a weirdo, you don't need your cup of tea either, all right? And uh, my wife loves tea. I don't understand it. I don't know how you people live. I need the juice that comes from the bean that is, amen, that comes from coffee. But you ain't going to need that to get through the word today, all right? So let's go Romans uh, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 32. It says, for I, and I love the start, come on now, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is, for in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Would you pray with me today? I'm going to break down the rest of that passage in a moment, but right now I just want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Romans. <coughs> God, I thank you for these next 16 verses. That God, we could preach a sermon series on every verse. But Lord, today I want to talk about what you've put on my heart, about authentically loving you and being authentic in our relationships. God, help us to see the warnings that this scripture offers. God, help us to believe right, to speak right, to live right, according to your word that those that we are in relationship with would see our sincere faith. Like Paul said to Timothy regarding him and his mother and his grandmother Eunice. God, that people would see our sincere faith, that we are genuine, that we are authentic, that our faith is real. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, high five your neighbor. Take a seat and tell them to get ready. Turn to your neighbor on your left and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And on your neighbor on the right, say, get ready, 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 and get ready, get ready, get ready. Because we're going to have some fun today. Are you all ready for it? 
Now, here's something I want to share with you. Um, that, little, that first little bit starts with this great declaration that I am not ashamed of the gospel. And, um, and as you read that, everyone in here is like, that sounds awesome. You know, that's a really nice uh, little passage that you read to us, Pastor Jesse. Uh, I want to tell you, it's about to get rough in here, all right? It's about to get wild, um, potentially undignified. It's going to get a little bit, uh, a little bit hot, a bit steamy uh, in the room, um, but we're going to have some fun, okay? So let me read to you the rest of the passage now, but I do want to start again with that first line. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes for salvation, right? Paul's saying, I know that this is the right way to live. Why would I be ashamed of it? I know that it brings life. I know that it's a different type of life, but I know it's right. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this different way we talk. I'm not ashamed of this different way we walk. I'm not ashamed of this different way that we live. It's not popular in this world. I'm catching a lot of heat for it. I'm getting a lot of abuse. I'm being threatened, locked up, beaten and things like that. But I will not stop preaching the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm getting fierce opposition, but I'm not gonna stop. <clears throat> That's Paul's declaration. It seems easy. Paul was not just some dude standing on a stage in Iowa saying, oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Listen, we have it easy. Paul was being threatened and abused with a whip and a spear, and we are being threatened with cancellation. All right? All right, listen, it, 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 he had some serious opposition. Serious opposition. And he says, I'm not ashamed of it. He goes on in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness they suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made, since that, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and foolish in their hearts. They were darkened. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Now listen, it, it, it warmed up, didn't it? Right, are you with me? It warmed up, didn't we? So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we're all like, me neither, right? And then it heated up a little bit, didn't it, in here, right? That they exchanged the truth of God. So God gave them up, it says after this. It says, and therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts <clears throat> to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the created, the created rather than the creator, come on now, who is blessed forever. I love that in the middle of Paul's warm-up, he stops to preach a moment and then he asks for a little holler back, amen. 
you know? Like he's like, he's blessed forever, amen, you know? And then he says, but I got some more to throw at you. See, what you gotta understand here is he's talking about people that are worshiping the created and the, cre- the, the, and the creature that is the earth and the creatures on the earth instead of the one who created the earth and the creatures on the earth. Now, as I read this, I couldn't help but see that that's where our world is right now. Worshiping the created earth and the creature upon it instead of the one that created the earth and the creatures upon it. This new world religion, they call it atheism. They call it climate change. They call themselves woke or whatever else they want to call themselves. But all it is, is a new religion with a different God, a different sacrifice and a different breed of worship. The earth and the creatures on it. They worship the earth and all their sacraments, every sacrament that they have, everything that they hold dear is an assault and an affront to the Imago Day of God in your life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, goes on, and then let us create mankind in our image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. In the image of God, He created them. He says three times in that passage, in the image of God, he created them. And he bookends male and female with image and image. And he says, and that concept is called Imago Dei. And the world has changed it from Imago Dei to Imago They, or Imago Them, or Imago Zay, or Imago Zay, right? That you can create yourself in whatever image it is that you want. But all of their sacraments attack the Imago Dei. Let me show you. There's the trans agenda, which literally mutilates, literally mutilates people's reproductive organs and changes the way they were created. There's abortion, which literally destroys and kills a child in the womb. There's gay marriage, which literally prevents and cannot produce children at all. And all of it is an attack on a Margaret Day. How's that? Well, the trans agenda and abortion and gay marriage all prevent more Imago Day. It all prevents more children, every one of them. Transgender mutilates children and prevents them from ever being able to have children, producing more Imago Day on the earth. Abortion kills children in the womb, less Imago Day on the earth. The devil doesn't care how many flippin' uh, rhinoceroses there are. He cares how much Imago Day there is. Come on now. And then there's gay marriage, which cannot produce children. And so there's less Imago Dei. Why do they do this? Well, the God is their earth. And they believe the earth is overpopulated. And that that humans are a cancer on the earth. Not a representation of the divine nature of God displayed in humankind on earth. But a cancer. But a problem that needs to be dealt with. The world needs some antibiotics. That might be whatever it is to get rid of humankind to protect the earth, because the earth is their God. Children are their sacrifice, and sexual perversion is the expression of their worship. Why do I say that? Well, you look at any event celebrating their God, the earth, there is absolute perversion all through it. What do they all fight for? The same things. Fight for the earth, fight for LGBT rights, and fight for abortion. They are the most important things to them. They're still sacrificing children on the altar of Molech. They're still doing what they've always done. Those who hate God want to destroy the Imago Dei. Every single one of them. It's this new world religion. 
They've exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they've worshipped the created rather than the creator. Oh, I told you it was going to get hot in here today. I warned you, you didn't have to come. You didn't have to stay, all right? I warned you at the start. This is what our world has done. They've exchanged God for the created. Listen to me, you are not, you are not, you are not a cancer on the earth. You are a divine representation of the Imago Day of God on earth. Your dog is not. Your cat is not. The sheep are not. You are the representation of God on earth. Oh, it's no wonder that they will, that they will fight you if you kill an animal unjustly, but they will kill your child in your womb for a small fee, of course. Come on now. I want to warn you, if you think it's hot in here, it's about to get hotter. Verse 26. And so God gave them up to their dishonorable passions. It's almost like it's saying, so he gave up and said, have whatever, go for it, you filthy animals. He says, God gave them up to their dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving upon themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they do not see fit to acknowledge God, now it goes to another level. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. Now take verse 29 off the screen for a second. Listen, have you ever just been ticked off at somebody and you need to find as many adjectives as you can to describe how moronic they are? Come on, right? Like it's been a few days for most of you, but you've done it, right? <clears throat> like, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic, not on a normal day, but on a day where you're particularly frustrated, angry, disappointed, or annoyed. And, you know, instead of saying, what an idiot, you're like, what a flipping moronic, stupid idiot. Come on, right? Like, you're like, it's like four. You're like, I got four for you. And, you know, and then we usually run out of adjectives. Not Paul. I don't know how ticked off you got to be to string as many abusive, insolent words together as Paul's about to, but it's like 20, all right? So listen to this. So God gave up on them, but he gave them up to a debased mind to do what not ought to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, maliceness, malice, sorry. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless sods. They... Though they knew God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. He's like, oh, it's one thing that you struggle. It's one thing that you do it. It's a whole nother thing that you promote it. It's a whole nother thing that you approve of it. 
It's a whole nother thing that you facilitate it. We hear people say, well, I just deal drugs, I don't do drugs. Listen, hear Paul saying, no, 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 your dealing of sin, your facilitation is absolutely much worse than participation. And you deserve to die. Jesus said the same thing. Because we're like, oh, this is harsh. Paul's harsh. Jesus said it harsher. You cause one of these little ones to stumble, better you tie a millstone around your neck and get tossed in a lake. They're serious about this. This is intense. Come on now. Can someone take a moment and be like, thank God for the cross. No, for real, right? Thank God for the cross. I am grateful for the cross. I really am. But Paul wrote this after the cross. And scripture tells us that those who willfully continue to practice and promote ungodly things deserve to go to hell. I know in America we're like, oh, you can't say hell. Yes, I can. Listen, when I first moved here, it was hilarious. I didn't know in America that hell was worse than the F word, (laughs) at least to Christians. And so one day I dropped a bottle of water uh, in front of someone, I think, at the district office. Um, and I dropped it and I said, oh, oh, what the hell? And then they were like, you can't say that. And I was like, oh, oh, oh sorry, I mean, oh, hell. You know? I didn't know what I was supposed to say. They're like, yeah, that, that's rude. I was like, well, look, I don't have the authority to send anything to hell. I just want that to be clear about that. But if I did, wouldn't a bottle of water be kind of helpful down there, wouldn't it? (laughs) But he says they deserve to go to hell. And the only thing, the only reason we no longer deserve to go to hell is because we were forgiven, set free, restored and sanctified. Like that song, right? Restored and sanctified, the stone's been rolled away. It's not that we don't sin sometimes, but we acknowledge God's authority over our lives. And even as we sin, we don't promote it, we don't excuse it, and we certainly don't encourage it. We admit that we too sin. Oh man, whenever, I'll get some feedback from this sermon for sure online, and I'll be called a hypocrite, and a, ju- a judgmental hypocrite for sure. That's the, that's the progressive people's favorite term for me. And the reason for that is because I didn't say at the same time, oh, I'm a sinner too. Look, the fact that I am alive is implying that I still sin sometimes, okay? At no point have I ever said, this is wrong and I never do wrong. I've not done that, all right? I still sin. I admit what's wrong is wrong and that we are not perfect. But we ask for God's help, that perhaps in our next battle, we might have the strength to stand firm. Amen. Now, I'm going to do something I've never done from the stage before. I want to warn some people, specifically. And I need to let you know before I say this, that if you're a saint with a sin problem, this ain't you. A saint with a sin problem is, hugely different, is a hugely different situation to those who have chosen to stay in sin and promote it as good and sweet and holy and right and beneficial for mankind, okay? There's a big difference between that, a saint who still has a sin problem, than the person who says that this is fine, I'm gonna keep going, there's nothing wrong with it, y'all should do it too. See, I I struggle with sin, and I'm never gonna stop struggling with it. 
until I have victory over it. And I want to tell you, don't stop struggling. Don't stop struggling, amen? Don't affirm it. Don't give in to it. Keep struggling until the victory. But the ending of today's passage is a great warning to the ELCA Lutheran churches in America. It is a warning to them. It is a great warning to the Church of England who just recently, in the last couple of weeks, declared that God is non-binary, even though he always refers to himself as masculine. Every time. Listen, God could have referred to himself as a tree if he wanted to. God could have referred to himself as, I am the God of no gender, if he wanted to. They would have understood the word no. Okay? But instead, God has always continues to and always will reveal himself as masculine. Who are we to undo what God has done? Who are we to say that we are smarter than God? This is a warning to the Church of England. Stop messing with my word. This is a warning to some Methodist churches in Iowa. Stop messing with my word. I'm not talking about Ben Wedeking, the legendary pastor of the United Methodist Church in Grimes. That bloke is a champion. He has stood up and took the fight to the UMC and left to join the Global Methodists, so there's still a place for good Methodists in Iowa to worship. Good Methodists don't have to come to eternity. They can go to Grimes. Amen. Welcome here, but you can go to Grimes. This is a massive warning to local churches like the Bridge Church, formerly called Meredith Drive Reformed who recently started a listening committee and said, we're going to listen to people. Why don't you just listen to God? You don't need to listen to the congregation's opinion on it. Listen to God. Read His Word. Study His Word. Let it wash over your soul like water, like oil. Come on now. They started a listening committee. And then because a portion of their church, a large portion of their church, voted in the survey that they believe this or believe that, the church abandoned the truth of God's word because of a survey of popular opinion. And now they promote sin and sexuality in a church and they are leading people to hell. And it's ungodly and it's evil. And I'm here to tell you, read the word. Stop listening to the people. Stop listening to the community. Stop listening to your donors. Read the Word of God. Get the Word of God into your heart, into your spirit. Take the Word of God and eat it like food for your soul. Come on now. And then repent. Repent and take the place that you're supposed to have, standing up for the Word of God and for the things of God and for the truth of God and join us in showing the world that there's a better way to live, a way that brings life, a way that brings hope, a way that brings transformation, a way that brings healing, a way that brings freedom, amen? Someone say amen we got to stop being ashamed of the Word of God. Enough's enough. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the hard bits. I'm not ashamed of the scary bits. I'm not ashamed of the fact that it says the man is the head of his house. 
I'm not ashamed of the fact that he said marriage is a man and a woman. I'm not ashamed of the fact that it says to tithe. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I still believe that God heals, that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm not ashamed of the fact that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Can someone say amen? Stop being ashamed of this different way that we walk and this different way that we talk and this different way that we live. What's the point? The point is God is looking for people who are unashamed of the gospel like Paul. Unashamed of his ways, unashamed of his word. In a world full of people who don't know God, let's not be the ones who point to a different God. In a world full of people who don't know who God is, what his character is, what he thinks about them. Let's not be the ones who know who he is, but promote and preach a different gospel. Because we'd be preaching a gospel that doesn't have any power. And we'd be telling them about a saviour that doesn't save and a God that isn't real. God does not need us on his PR team to polish his image. He has not called us to be his PR team. He's called us to be his ambassadors, to boldly and accurately tell people who he is. Y'all get sick of hearing athletes apologize for doing the right thing? Right? They get busted. They get caught. It gets revealed that they said or that they did the right thing, and then they apologize for it. They'll say something like, you know, I think that men should not play in women's sports. I think that's unfair, and we're abolishing what Title IX did for women all across America. And then they're like proud of themselves for saying that. And then social media discovers them, abuses the snot out of them. Then their boss says something to them. Then they discover there might be some pushback on it. They have a meeting with their PR team. And the very next day they have an entirely different opinion than they did the day before. And they apologize for their hurtful words And they commit themselves to a period of listening and understanding. And they have this polished up fancy load of garbage to say the next day. And it makes me angry. I'm not going to apologize for telling the truth. Now, if I be a nasty jerk, perhaps. But I will tell you, it's not always possible to say the truth and add all the nice fluffy words as well. All right? Was Jesus not gracious? Jesus, full of grace, full of truth, both always. Was he not gracious when he had the whip? Was he not gracious when he told Peter, get behind me, Satan? Come on now. Sometimes you've just got to stand up and say what needs to be said. You've got to pray for my voice because I know the devil does not want me to preach this message. Lord, give me strength. Amen. The point is, this passage is brutal. It's even harsh. But God does not need me to try and explain it away for him. God does not need me to, sorry, God does not need me to schedule a meeting with him so I can help him undo the damage that he did when he said this. God hasn't hired me to chisel off his rough edges and create a softer image for him. He doesn't need me to determine based on market and audience receptiveness which scriptures should or should not be read. But rather, it's my job to listen to obey 
and to represent who he is. Not, not who I or some other preacher wishes that he was. No, no, no. I'm here to give it to you and help you understand it and apply it to your life. Not to change it or filter it. No, God doesn't need us to polish up his image. He needs us to represent him as ambassadors for Christ. As if his love isn't good enough without our polish. As if his grace isn't powerful enough without our help. As if his purposes aren't already better than what the world has to offer without our additions. No church, we don't need to polish up the word of God. We don't need to polish up the voice of God. When we do, we preach a gospel that doesn't have any power. We introduce people to a savior that doesn't save and a God that doesn't exist. Instead, I wanna be like Paul and declare that I am unashamed of the gospel and the different way that it calls me to live, for it has power. I am unashamed of my Savior who actually saves. I'm unashamed of my God who is the only true God. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I want to take words out of his mouth. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I want to eat the bread of life that comes from his mouth. Amen. I don't want to change his word. I want to share his word. I deserve to die. But I heard the message. I heard the word preached first by Pastor Laban and then by Pastor Ron Mallon who took over from him and planted a church in Tetura, Tetura Assemblies of God, Pastor Ron Mallon, who you will hear from in October. And when they preached the word, they introduced me to the Savior who saves. And while I was dead in my sins, and while I deserved to stay there, dead in my sins, while I deserved to die and go to hell for things that I did wrong, Instead, my Saviour who saves died on a cross so that all who believe in Him and make Him Lord of their lives. The Lord has authority over your life. Amen. And makes Him Lord of their lives. Will be saved. And I believed Him. And I acknowledged His Lordship and His authority in my life. And so though I deserved to die, I am right with God. Though I should have spent eternity in hell, I get to spend eternity in heaven. Though I did deserve to die, now I have life and life abundantly, now and forever. He broke chains of addiction off my life and if any should come again, I won't give in to them. I won't give over to a debased mind. I will continue to say, God, help me break free. God, I wanna honor you with my life. God, I, don't, I know this does not honor you. I know this is ungodly. I know this is unrighteous. God, help me. You're the Lord of my life. I will continue to promote and declare and lift up the truth of God in my situation and over my life. Help me get free, Lord. Break these chains off my life. He broke patterns and curses that have been on my family for generation and generation and generation of drunkenness and divorce in every generation for three to four generations before me. He made a way for me and my wife and my kids and their kids to live not only free here and now, but forever and ever. So why would I be ashamed of him? The God who saved me, set me free, restored me, sanctified me, gave me purpose. Why would I be ashamed of him? The God who helped deliver me from addiction. Why would I be ashamed of him? The God who saved me and helped me not slide further into brokenness like so many in my family have. Why would I be ashamed of him? What's to be ashamed of? 
The God who designed marriage and famed me and blessed me, sorry, and family and blessed me with a marriage and a family that I'm enjoying and I love and so precious. Why would I be ashamed of him? The God who said children are a great gift from God and I have five. What's to be ashamed of? The God who said that sex is between a man and a woman and, and, and I get to do that. Why would I be ashamed of him? Come on now. That all who seek marriage and romance with the opposite sex can have sex that's blessed by God. What's to be ashamed of? I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of his ways. I will not shut up about him. I will not shut up about his ways because he is the one and only God and he welcomed me as I was, dead in my sin. He's the father who loved me so much he sent the son to die for me. Jesus, who loved me so much he became the savior who saves and he saved me. The Holy Spirit who comforted me as I was and loved me too much to leave me how I was. This is the gospel that has the power of God unto salvation. And I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. I am loved. I am saved. I am changed. And I am changing. Because I am living under his authority. Let's not preach a gospel that isn't real. Let's not introduce people to a savior who doesn't save. If you really love your neighbors, wouldn't you want them to meet the savior who saves, not the savior who affirms? Come on now, listen to me right now. Introducing them to a God that transforms is better than a God who affirms. So what does this have to do with love month? I'm glad you asked, but first I need some H2O. Ah, that's some quality H2O. Gatorade. It's from the water boy, don't watch it. Unless you want to. <laughs> Two things. Firstly, God doesn't want you to love a version of him that doesn't exist. That's nothing. That's nobody. He doesn't want that. God doesn't want your relationship with him to be based on a belief that he's someone else entirely. He doesn't want you to love him because you think he's like Steve. Or because you think you can make him like Steve. <clears throat> He is immutable, unchanging, everlasting. Amen. Let's not be like the ones Paul talks about in Romans, where we affirm what is wrong, promote what is ungodly, become silent about what is sinful, all while painting a different picture of God than who he is, and therefore people fall in love with a God that doesn't exist. Because that's not him. It's one thing to be thankful for God's grace. It's another thing to pretend he doesn't care and he's a totally different God entirely. It bothers God because it shows him that you're actually ashamed of who he is. Listen, I don't know if you've met my wife. She's a short, stocky brunette. And I have never come home without dinner served on the table. Every night, dinner is on the table. And after that, I eat that dinner. I thank her for serving me so well. And then, and then I sit on the couch. She bends down in front of me and takes off my shoes and gets a little tub, and she starts to give me a foot massage as she cleans my feet. <laughs> this happens every night. She's amazing. Have you met her? And then whenever I want business time, 
She says yes to business time. What are we talking about? You weren't here Friday night, you'll figure it out. Have you met her? She's amazing. No, that's not true. My wife is a tall, blonde, blue, a tall, blue-eyed blonde. And a couple of times I've come home and dinner has been on the table. <clears throat> and she's feisty. And sometimes she says no to business time. But within 48 hours... <laughs> hallelujah. What does it say about my love for my wife when I tell you about somebody else? It says I'm ashamed of who she really is. It says I'm ashamed of the fact I don't have one of those Stepford wives that gives you a meal on the table every moment you get home and rubs your feet till you fall asleep. It says I wish she was that, but she's not. It says I'm ashamed of who she actually is. And the same it is with God. When you promote a God that isn't real, it tells God that you're ashamed of his ways and his thoughts. And Jesus said, whoever's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. And the truth is, being ashamed of his ways, and being ashamed of his word, and being ashamed of him, means he is not Lord of your life. And that takes us back to our scripture at the beginning. They did not acknowledge him as God. They did not allow him to have authority over their lives. If you're going to live for Jesus, you not just should, but you have to acknowledge him and who he really is. So be authentic. Don't worship the God that doesn't care, the God that doesn't save, or the God that doesn't exist. Be authentic. Be bold in your faith. Stand firm and be unashamed of your God. Amen. I am not ashamed of my God. If I lose this church because I'm not ashamed, so be it. If I go bankrupt because I'm not ashamed, so be it. If I get thrown in jail because I'm not ashamed, so be it. If I get abused because I'm not ashamed, so be it. But at least somebody will know who God really is and make Him Lord of their lives. Amen. And if nothing else, at least I'll get to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. Oh, I love the old school Christianity where we read the whole Bible and we weren't ashamed of it and we could say, hey, just like Paul said, I say too, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. Let's not be ashamed of God. Can I take it a step further? Or, a, or Not a step further, but it's actually probably a step back actually because God is first. We need to apply these same principles to our love relationships. Don't let people fall in love with a version of you that does not exist. Do you know how it feels to have relationships that are based entirely on you pretending to be someone else entirely? I do. I know how that feels. And it sucks. It sucks when people love you for who they think you are because of who you've pretended to be and when you know that if they got to know the real you, they'd leave you in a heartbeat. I really do know how that feels. 
I used to live my life completely overwhelmed with a need to have my image presented perfectly. I've talked about it mildly before. But like even, not even just on scriptural moral issues, but even things, things like guns. I was one of the families in Australia, one of the 10 families in Australia that had guns and liked hunting. It was me and my 10 friends that would stand up against that tyrannical government. Not really. I had guns. And so when I came over here, I was like, whoa, they got guns. <laughs> this is amazing. I love this place, you know. Got super excited about it, decided to buy a whole bunch of them. Don't break into my house. You'll get it, right? And um, you'll, get to, you'll get to see which ones I have for a moment. And then... Um, and, 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 I, and, and I really loved them. Like, not, not loved, but, you know, I really enjoy guns and always have and I like hunting and providing for my family by going out and killing a beast and cutting it up, bringing it home. It was cool and got to go. I, I love it. It's good fun, you know. Got to hang out with Travis, who actually taught me how to gut a deer properly and make my own steaks. It's, I love this stuff. It's great. And then, um, but I used to be like this. I'd go out with people and I'd go shooting and then I'd make sure to remind them at the end hey, don't put any photos of me on Instagram because I didn't want someone to see that I was out with guns because I was like, oh, no, people, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be the guy who has no opinions about anything. Or heaven forbid somebody discover that I really did want Donald Trump to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. (laughs) Not because I was like a massive Trump fan, but just purely because I was not with her, you know? And, um, And so... I, I, I was worried, what if someone found out about that? They'd leave me. Half my friends would leave me. What if they found out that I think CRT is a big load of garbage that teaches one race to be a victim for the rest of their lives and another race that they're offenders for the rest? What if they found out what I think about that? What if they found out, what if we go further? What if they found out what I think about gay marriage? What if they found out that not only am I um, not for gay marriage, I'm actually ardently against it? And that I don't believe that anyone who is gay and married is actually married, but they're just in an ungodly relationship. What if they found out about that? Still love you. You're welcome to have dinner at my table. Well, what if they found out about that? So many people, not just them, but so many other people would leave. What if they found out that I think gender was set by God and, and, and does not change and is immutable? Just like your DNA and the chromosomes God gave you. And so I was silent about these things, scared that being authentic would cost me relationships. No one knew just how biblically conservative I was. I've always believed what I believe right now. I was just scared to talk about it. Not just talk about it, I was scared to like a post on Instagram for fear of someone seeing what I believe and who I follow. Oh, I'd never have an abortion. You might say because I can't, but apparently men can get pregnant, therefore apparently they can have abortions too. I don't understand. I did, I did do something. Sometimes every now and again I get a little cheeky online now and I have to go back and delete, but Joe Biden said he'll, he'll, if Congress passes a national abortion ban, don't worry, everyone, I'll veto it. And I, so I wrote back, well, Joe Biden, you don't get to have an opinion because men don't get to have an opinion on this. That's what I got told anyway. And so... But then I went back and deleted that because that was being cheeky and not nice. And so, um, but what if people, you know, so I, I was conservative on those issues. Abortion is sin. I would never have one. I would never encourage anyone. I would never have a sex change. I would never be involved in a gay relationship. I knew that it was all wrong. But I was scared to tell anybody about that, even though all of it is biblical. They're not political issues, they're moral issues. And the only reason a moral issue is a political issue is because politics is of the people and morals are of the people. 
but they're moral issues first and foremost. So I used to polish up the word of God so much so that you couldn't see the truth through the shine that was glaring right back at you. And in my silence, I kept my friends, but at what cost? One day I was sitting in a cafe about three and a half years ago or so-ish, three years ago-ish, sitting in a cafe. And I knew what God was calling me to do. And I began to shake, literally shaking, because I knew what I had to do, but I didn't want to do it. I was crying at the table one day, started crying. I was shaking and I started leaking. And that was concerning for me because I've cried like eight times in my life. And so... um. You know, you know, like, except for movies, they don't count. And that's not full crying, that's just like watery eyes, you know? <laughs> if you include movies, I've cried like 28,008 times in my life. But other than that, <clears throat> my wife, though, what's funny is she'll cry at the drop of a hat for other things. In a movie, Stone Cold Killer, <laughs> right? For me, in a movie, they had a baby, and I was so happy for them, you know? Like. <laughs> but real life, if someone says mean things to me, I'm like, nah, you know. I got to the point, though, where I was shaking and I started crying. Then the crying started to get loud. <laughs> and I was like, this is stupid. I need to leave the cafe. I was sitting in a cafe writing my sermon or trying to, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't pretend anymore. So I go for a walk and I call... Pastor Paul Geeling, a couple of other guys, Benny Perez, Paul Geeling, Jürgen Metasius. I'm like, I, I don't know what's happening to me. I knew that if I stay silent, I'd keep my friends. I knew if I start to let the word of God out, that I'd lose some friends. But the thing is, what was happening to me is I felt like Jeremiah, where the word of God had become like a fire stored up in my bones. And I'd gotten weary of holding it in. I'd gotten weary of pretending that wrong is right, good is evil. That God's word is too harsh. Do you know how that feels? To keep pretending the pressure of needing everybody to still love you, knowing the truth wants to come out, but you gotta keep pleasing people and keep your friends. It was like a fire in my body that started to shake and got so intense that my body started leaking. I couldn't pretend anymore, I had to let it out. And I knew that I wasn't just gonna lose a couple of friends, not just even hundreds of friends, I knew I'd lose a thousand friends when they discovered who I really am and what I really believe. Yeah, it felt like thousands of people loved me but they didn't. They didn't love me. They loved a version of me that did not exist. They loved a polished PR image. They loved a dude named Jesse with an accent that was about three years thicker than the one that I've got. But that's it. And I say all this to tell you that it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the pain. And you should stop delaying it today. I want to advise you to lose some friends and lose them quickly. 
I don't think you should go out there and be like, okay, who am I going to lose today? You, let me tell you. But I do think that starting today, that you could peel down the facade and stop pretending, stop polishing, stop projecting. You don't have to get up and put all your opinions on Instagram. I, 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 I'm fully aware that Christians don't have to do what I do and put all the stuff on Instagram and Twitter and things that I do. I'm a leader and I've been called by God to show people the truth like that. Now we're all called to preach the truth, but we don't all have to make it clear like that. Well, we do all have to make it clear. You don't all have to use your Facebook and everything else like that. I've just got like 20,000 people over them all. So it's a good place for me to share the truth with a lot of people. But you should stop pretending to be okay with things you're not okay with. It's not worth the damage to your soul, let alone how it makes your Father in heaven feel that you pretend to believe other things because you're ashamed of what He really said, ashamed to admit and speak about His ways in an effort to get more friends. Do your friends love you or do your friends love the PR, polished up, projected, pretend version of you that doesn't even exist? I can talk for a moment to the single people. Boys, don't pretend to be woke to get that girl. She's not worth it. Harsh but true, she's not worth it. Girls, don't pretend to be affirming to date that guy with the gay brother. He's not worth it. No one is worth you pretending to be something you're not. Because he or she will one day hate you when they figure out who you really are or you'll just keep damaging your soul to the point where you'll have an encounter with God like I did in a cafe that was so embarrassing. Why pretend to affirm abortion to date a girl who'll hate you one day when you fight her about having one? Why put your pronouns in your bio, kicking down, kicking the pain down the road to a day where they'll hate you and they find out that you actually think gender's immutable? Is sex really worth compromising, pretending, hiding who you really are? Do you really wanna pretend to be someone you're not? Ignoring or pretending to believe things you don't in order to have more friends who would hate you they knew who you really are. Why pretend to believe ungodly things to have more ungodly friends? I don't mind having unsaved friends. It's fine. I'm just not going to pretend to be something I'm not to get them. Instead, I'll show them that this wholly different set-apart life produces so much fruit good, healthy fruit that's good for God, that's good for me, and that's good for my family, and that's good for my community. It's okay to have friends that aren't godly, but don't pretend to be like them to get them. Better to love and obey God who'll never leave you nor forsake you. The cool thing is they'll leave you when they discover who you are. God will still pursue you even when you do ungodly things because He knows who you are 
when he sent his son to die because while you were dead in your sins, him fully knowing who you are, died on the cross for your sins. Better to love and obey God. I think authenticity may be one of the most absent qualities in leaders or people in general today. Many believe the right thing. Well, maybe not many anymore, but, but a lot do believe the right thing, but they refuse to speak about it in order to gain more friends. I want to leave you with this. Better to honor God, better to obey God, better to have less friends who actually know you than to have more friends who love a version of you that does not exist. Amen. Would you stand up with me? Because we're going to have an amazing prayer time now. I want to pray for you in a moment. gospel is good. We have a problem in the world where people want to separate Jesus from the Father, and the Father from the Holy Spirit. And they want to separate all of it out and be like, well, God's not this and God's not that. Where did Jesus this? Where did Jesus that? Listen, the whole thing is the gospel. The whole thing is the gospel. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. So let's show the world. I want to pray for you right now. Would everyone lift up their hands with me? Just surrender and faith reaching out to God. Heavenly Father, many of us in this room, as I do, know the pain of losing friends. as this world has gotten partisan and divided. Like God, we're glad that we're staying on our side, on the side of righteousness and truth, though we make mistakes. We still affirm your word as the right way to live, Lord God, and we look up to it and we wanna be there and we ask for your help to get there. But Lord God, because of the way the world is right now, just by believing simple truths that we've always believed, many of us have lost friends. And there's brokenness and bitterness even in hearts. And I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would touch every heart and begin to heal them in Jesus' name. Lord God, that you would fill the gaps, that you would bring godly people into their lives or even ungodly friends that are willing to stay and listen and respect their beliefs. But God, primarily I pray you bring godly friends in you begin to feel the voids and the brokenness in their hearts from the last few years of division and pain and bitterness and brokenness. And Lord God, for the rest of us, for all of us, God, for those of us who have been quiet, been polishing ourselves or your word, omitting, editing, changing, hiding the light under a basket. God, I pray you help us to stand up and to stand firm, to stay strong and to not be swayed. Holy Spirit, I know that you can give us the strength right now, right now, to stand firm tomorrow at school. God, I pray for these kids in the room today, Lord God, 
God, I pray you strengthen their hearts in Jesus' name. Strengthen their, their soul in Jesus' name. And God, as the darts and fiery arrows of the enemy come at them, I pray that they would not stick. They would not get bitter. They would not be wounded, but they would be strong and they would punch back at the devil. God, that we would still be kind to people, but God, we would recognize the spirit of the age behind the people and we would punch back and stand firm and stand strong in Jesus' name. God, I pray for a revival in our local schools here, God, in Alwine, in Audubon, all across Iowa, a revival of truth and common sense and lifting up the name of the Lord. And Lord God, I pray that would happen and it would start with a bunch of young people that have decided I'm going to be holy. I'm going to lift up the Word of God and I'm unashamed of this different way we live, of this different way we talk, of this different way we walk, Lord God. And they would proclaim Your Word. It is the Gospel and it is the power of God unto salvation. But God, I pray for those who have been scared to speak. God, give them the courage to speak now. Oh God, I pray that the fire would shake their bodies and make their eyes leak until they open their mouths and let out what you've put in them, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Someone say amen. 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 Give God some praise. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Where's Pastor Connor? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, Pastor Connor, yeah, coming over. Pastor Connor is going to pray with people who don't know Jesus right now. But I want to remind you of two things. Number one, get your free shirt on the way out. But what's more important than a free shirt is if you feel weak or if you feel afraid or if you can empathize with how I felt, come and get some prayer. I needed prayer that day. I needed prayer. Look, I've had people at my dinner table that hate my guts. I've stood at an altar and performed marriages for a man and a woman who loved me dearly. And then just a few months ago, I did their friend's wedding and he wouldn't shake my hand and left because I was there. I know how it feels, but I still am glad I did it. I wish they stayed with me and I wish they heard the truth and I wish they lived for the cause. But it's better now. It's better now. Tear off the band-aid. Come down the front and get some prayer. You may lose some friends, but better to have less friends who know who you really are and honor the truth and honor God in your life in the process. Someone say amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.